وأقولوا في القرآن ما جاءت به آياته فهو الكريم المنزل وأقولوا قال الله جل جلاله والمصطفى الهادي ولا أتأول الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على عبد الله ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته We begin with the praise of Allah by asking Allah to exalt the mention and grant peace to our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to his family and his companions We're still talking about the characteristics of the ideal husband and we said that we can take some of these characteristics from the hadith of Umzara. In the previous episode or the previous lesson, we had uh, gone through five of the 11 uh, women who had promised each other and had agreed with each other that they wouldn't conceal anything from what their husbands did. If you haven't seen the previous lesson or previous episode, I would recommend that you uh, stop this video, go back and watch it now, inshallah, simply so that you don't feel lost in the middle of the discussion, because this is a continuation of what we said. We reached what the sixth woman said, and we said, we're not doing a detailed explanation here, but we, what we're doing is we're looking at what we can learn about how a husband should be from this hadith. قالت السادسة The sixth one said زوجي إن أكل لف وإن شرب اشتف وإن اتجع التف ولا يولج الكف ليعلم البث The sixth one she said My husband when he eats he pulls all the food his way and he goes all around the plate لفة and he goes all the way around the plate meaning there's a plate for the two of them, and the husband, he eats the whole plate, the whole thing. And when he drinks, he drinks the whole vessel. He drinks it dry. And when he lies down, he wraps himself in his blanket. So what does this tell us? It's a negative, of course. And it tells us, first of all, that he doesn't share. So from the characteristics of the ideal husband, he should care about his wife and he should share with her. So he doesn't share because he's a person, he's got a plate that's supposed to be for him and his wife. And what he does is, lefa. He goes the whole, around the whole plate and f cleans the whole plate. And when he drinks from a vessel that's supposed to be between the two of them, he drinks it for himself. So he's selfish. He's selfish and greedy and he doesn't share. So the opposite of that would be sharing, selfless or considerate and uh, generous. That's what you would want from the ideal husband. When he lies down, he wraps himself in the blanket, meaning he doesn't share it with his wife. He doesn't lie next to her. He doesn't give any attention to her. He just cares about himself. He's wrapped up in his own world. And so the, from the characteristics of the ideal husband is that he's not wrapped up in his own world. He's not focused on himself. He's also thinking about, thinking about his family and their needs and thinking about what he can do for them. And also physically, that he's physically, uh, he's physically there for his family and he's physically intimate with his wife. 
he's not someone who just gets into bed, wraps himself in his own blanket, you know, sleeps on the other side of the bed, and that's it. He only cares about himself. And he doesn't stretch out his hand, she said. He doesn't stretch out his hand to know what's, to know my grief. Now that could be literally, or it could be like as an, expre an expression. Uh, if it's literal, then maybe she's sick or whatever, but he never reaches out his hand to feel that she's sick or she's not well. Or it means that he doesn't ever find out, he doesn't ever reach out to find out what's wrong with her. Like we would say in English, he doesn't reach out. He doesn't reach out to find what's the matter. He can see she's not well or not happy or she's upset. I complain of my grief and my sorrow to Allah. He can see she's got grief, she's got sorrow, but he never reaches out with his hand to find out what that grief is or what that sorrow is. So a husband should be someone who takes care of his wife. He should make an effort to be intimate with his wife and he should be someone who when she's sad or upset, he knows. And this is also something true of a, of a wife as well. And indeed, there are many things here that, that we could apply to both. But you see, for example, from Aisha radiallahu anha, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam entered that time and there were those curtains which had the images on and she saw from his face, she saw radiallahu anha from his face that he was upset. And we come to this, inshallah, when we talk about the wife, ta'ala, that she saw from his face that he was upset. She knew he was upset. And that's a beautiful thing for the husband and wife to have that. You look at your, your wife's face, you know she's upset about something. And then you find out, you reach out with your hand. Either you take her hand or you sit with her or you talk to her, but you reach out and you find out what's the matter. So that was the problem with the sixth one. قالت السابع, the seventh one said, زوجي غياء أو عياء قباقاء كل داء له داء شجك أو فلك أو جمع كل لك The seventh one, she also criticized her husband. She said, my husband is غياء. He's evil. He's wicked. Or he is ayaya, he's misguided. Qabaqa, he's foolish. So she described him as either she said evil or, or wicked, or she said misguided, and she described him as being foolish. And actually, this brings me to an interesting point that a lot of the time you find that situation, and Allah Azza wa knows best why it happens that you have a righteous woman complaining about the wickedness of her husband. And this is something that uh, in marriage counseling, I've seen a lot, that you have a woman who is righteous and the husband is wicked. Maybe the husband doesn't pray, the husband doesn't care about the deen at all, or the husband cheats and lies and steals and all of this stuff. It's really, it's really sad to have that situation where you have a husband that is wicked and a woman that is, she has to be under his authority and you know, she's trying or she's trying to be righteous, trying to get near to Allah and he's wicked. Nobody wants to, to have that, to be the man in that situation is worse than being the woman. 
because Asiya was the wife of Fir'aun and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised Asiya for her righteousness and the Prophet mentioned the completeness of her Iman for her righteousness. But could you imagine to be in that example, to be the one that is like Fir'aun? Could you imagine being that kind of man that you're the one that is wicked and evil and you know foolish and what, what have you? And subhanAllah, the wife is a good person. How is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you such a blessing, but then you don't see that blessing, you don't implement that blessing, you don't give thanks for that blessing? So she either said that he is misguided or she said that he is wicked or evil and she said that he is foolish. And a man shouldn't be foolish. And by foolish here, perhaps you can take from that is foolish in the things that he says, foolish in the things that he does. One of the things that you want from a husband is to be responsible, to be someone that people look up to. Because if you're going to be the head of the household, you want to inspire the people in your household, right? You want the people to look up to you. You want your kids to look up to you and say, mashallah, you know, Allah bless my dad. I would like to be the way that he is, or I would like to have many of the characteristics that he has. And even if perfection is, is not something that, we, that any of us reach, but generally speaking, and he's someone people look up to and inspire confidence in. When he says something to his wife, you want her to feel like when she has to listen to what he said, you want her to feel like he instills confidence in her. He gives her confidence that what he's saying and what he's decided is sensible and proportionate and reasonable. And not that he is foolish and silly and that he, you know, sort of makes crazy decisions. Then she said, Everything that can be, every kind of sickness is his sickness. Again here, what I found from most of the shurah here, what they said is the meaning of sickness here is a fault. Like every fault is his. You know, he's got a share of everything wrong. Meaning anything that anyone could say that's wrong about someone, you could give him a share of it. You could give him a piece of it. And then, and this is very important, the last one. She said, Whether he hits you on the head, or hits you on the body, or does both of them to you at the same time. Whether he wounds you on the head or wounds you on the body, or does both of them at the same time. This is a man who doesn't control his anger and he lashes out at his wife. And he hits her until her head bleeds, and he hits her until her body bleeds, or he does both. And that is a really evil person. That person deserves to be called Ghayaya. That is a person who is evil because he, he wounds his wife on her head and he wounds her on her body. So he's hitting her and he's beating her and he's being abusive to her. So no husband should be like that. We're going to talk about the issue of uh, a husband hitting his wife in detail, inshallah ta'ala, when we talk about Nushul's disagreements in marriage and things like that. But no one should be following that description, that he beats her on her head and he beats her on her body or he does both. Nobody should be following that description, and that's not what Islam calls for, which is actually an interesting uh, way you can you can put that forward to show that that's not what Islam calls for. And as we said, we'll deal with the issue of whether it's allowed and when it's allowed, and what to what extent it's allowed for a husband to hit his wife or hit his children. And we talk about that later on, inshallah ta'ala, in a subsequent episode. But here we're talking about the fact that this man is a wife beater, and that is not something 
that a husband should be. The Prophet ﷺ never raised his hand. He never raised his hand to a woman or a servant or an animal. Salawatullahi wa sallam He was sent rahmatan lil alameen as a mercy to all mankind. He never raised his hand to his wife. He never raised his hand to a servant. And he never raised his hand even to beat, you know, an animal like they used to do when the animal was disobedient, you know, if the animal was just not listening and someone just excessively beat the animal. He didn't beat any. Salawatullahi wa salam And that's the best example for us to follow. We mentioned, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا You have in the Messenger of Allah the best kind of example. قالت الثامنة, the eighth one said, زَوْجِ الْرِيحُ رِيحُ زَرْنَبْ وَالْمَسُّ مَسُّ أَرْنَبْ The eighth one, she said, my husband, his smell is like a sweet-smelling plant. Like Zarnab, which is a plant that has a very sweet smell. And his touch is like the touch of a rabbit. So if we take this as praise here, and that's how most of the Shurrah took this here as praise, that if we take this as praise, then she's saying that he's got a lovely smell and a lovely touch, a soft touch. And that's, again, something fantastic for a husband to aspire towards. That he always looks good. Always takes care of his appearance. He takes care of his, um, you know, the way that he smells, the way that he looks in the home, because he wants his wife to do the same. And it's not nice in the habit that some people have that he's willing to be kind of like a slob at home, you know, like really dirty and unclean. And then when he goes out, he puts nice new clothes on and he goes in the shower, takes care of himself, puts his perfume on and goes out of the house. Wouldn't it be better for him to come home, take a shower, put his perfume on and put his nice clothes on to be in the house would be more deserving. It would be awla, except for the salah, because of course, there's no doubt that the most deserving for you to be well-dressed and well-presentable uh, is for the salah to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But after that, for him to be presentable in front of his wife and not for him to be really uh, sort of unkempt and really... Uh, dirty and disheveled in front of his family and yet when he is outside he put, makes himself clean and presentable that's not uh, something praiseworthy and it's going to lead to marital problems because it's either going to lead to a fitna happening to him yani, uh, uh, that he gets attracted another woman gets attracted to him outside of the house or whatever or his wife doubting him starting to feel like I don't feel you know like he's so dressed up to go out of the house, but he comes home and he doesn't care about me, he doesn't dress up. So the fact is that he was, he took care of himself. He always smelled nice and he was soft to the touch. Both in a literal sense, that he's soft to the touch, and also in, a, in, a, in the sense that he has a soft touch with his family. He's not angry, slow, he's easygoing, and we've spoken about that as well. Qalat al-Tasi'ah, the ninth one said, زوجي رفيع العماد طويل النجاد عظيم الرماد قريب البيت من الناد The ninth one said My husband is رفيع العماد The pillars of his tent are very high so here she's given the example as if he pitched a tent and the pillars 
or the the poles that hold up the tent are very very tall so it's a huge big tent what does that mean then what's a husband with a huge big tent is someone who's generous to his guests he's generous to his guests very generous very kind known for inviting lots of people and she she actually mentioned that as being something praiseworthy and something really good and it's not the case that he's burdening his wife in that way but look at the honor of being associated with a person like that to be said that or oh, your so-and-so's wife you know that he's someone who is really generous and really kind and always bringing guests into the home tawilun nijat he has a tall scabbard for his sword so the sword when he puts the sword into the sheath the sheath of the sword is very long his nijat the sheath of the sword is tawil is very long and that might mean that he's a tall person and that's what comes to mind that he's a tall like a tall handsome guy you know uh, but it also might mean that he is brave also like his sword is big and he's brave so he's brave or he's a tall person and he is azim ramat the ashes are huge meaning that he's always got the fire lit for people for guests to come around and for people to be welcome to his home he's always cooking for them always giving them food so the ashes from cooking the ashes that build up after the fire the ramat which builds up after the fire the ashes are azim as many of them it's a large like he has lots of ashes meaning he cooks a lot for people he looks after his guests well he's generous and he's kind qaribul bayti min an-nat that his house is close to the nat the nadi here is like the uh, the central place where the people gather and nadi here is the central place where everybody gathers and this is the nadi so where everybody gathers so if his house is nearby to that what does that mean it means he's that he's an upstanding member of the community his house is not hidden in the in the sticks in the in the middle of nowhere right where nobody can find him nobody can see him he's right in the center of his community he's right in the middle of his community so from this we can take positive attributes of the ideal husband generous uh kind to his guests welcoming brave uh, and that he's involved in his community he's in the middle of his community he's not someone who lives in the middle of nowhere away from everybody distant from everyone doesn't welcome anyone to come to see him keeps himself to himself his house is qarib min an-nat it's right next to the center of where everybody gathers so it's easy for people to see him and it's easy for him to see there's a new person in town and welcome them to come to his house qalat al-ashira the 10th one said zawji malik wa ma malik malikun khayrun min dhalik lahu ibilun kathiratul mabarik qalilatul masarih idha sami'na sawt al-mizhar ayqanna annahunna hawalik the 10th one said my husband is malik what shall i tell you about malik malik is better than all of that what does she mean Malik is better than all of that? Either she means Malik is better than all the other husbands that have gone before, which is no great feat for a lot of them. Although there were some positives in there, but a lot of those were negatives. But 
Malik is better than all of those who came before. Or she said that Malik, whatever I tell you, Malik will be better than what I told you. Whatever I tell you, I can't describe him because he'll, he'll just be better than that. What's good about him? She said, first of all, she mentioned Malik. And here Malik, that he is Zawji Malik. My husband is, he owns a lot of things. And the things that he owns, he owns a lot of things. She mentioned some of the things that he owns. She said he has many camels. Camels that have many folds and they, they are ready to be given to the guests, to be slaughtered for the guests. And the pastures of those camels are small. The masarih, which are the pastures of the camel, they are qalilat, they're small. And that's a sign of generosity because he doesn't let his camels go far from the house in case a guest comes. So he can, he's willing to give his food, give that, that camel to, the, to slaughter the camel to give it to the guest as food. So if he had lots of pastures, then the camels are spread out. When his guests come, it looks like, you know, he doesn't really have anything to give them or he has to go very far. It takes him a long time, but he keeps his pastures small so that he can easily bring a camel for his guests and slaughter it and, pro and provide it to his guests for food. So he's generous and he's good to his guests. When the camels hear the sound of the instrument, they know that one of them is going to be, or they know that they will be slaughtered, meaning that, that he was so, the guests used to come so many times, and he was so generous that even the camels became used to it. When you hear the sound of the instrument, you should be sure that this is a time that the camels are gonna be taken and slaughtered for the guests to give us food. So that's part of his generosity, his kindness, and the fact that he's always ready to welcome his guests. So that's from the good characteristics also. We now come to the 11th one, and we've already spoken about the 11th uh, one. We had, we had read it previously in the, uh, the 11th woman, who is Umzar. We've already spoken about that, but we'll go over it again briefly at the end of this lesson, looking at again, the positive qualities of the husband, not necessarily looking at the, you know, what we said about the family and so on. قالت الحادية عشرة زوجي أبو زرع فما أبو زرع أناس من حلي أذني وملأ من شحم عضدي وبحجني فبهجت إلي نفسي. She said Abu Zar. What can I tell you about Abu Zar? Even his name Abu Zar is like that. He's a he's a really good person, generous person with lots of good characteristics. He made my ears move. Any Anasa means he made it, he made him, he made them move or he made them heavy with ornaments, with jewelry. And he filled my bones and my sinews with 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 meat, with with flesh. In other words, that he looked after her in terms of gifts and in terms of her food. And he made her happy, she said, he made me happy and I became content with myself. So three things we're gonna take about the attribute of the husband from this. The first one is that he gives his wife gifts. That's the ideal husband. He gives his wife gifts, doesn't have to be big gifts. Although she mentions jewelry here, but he, he gives, he's a person who gives gifts to his wife. And he looks after her health because that's what she means when 
she said that he made my my uh, my he made my my bones become uh, become fleshy in other words he made, she put on weight she put on she put on weight because he looked after her he took care of her looked after her health made sure she's eating properly and he made her happy and so she became happy with herself became content with herself so he should be someone who makes his wife happy someone who gives his wife gifts someone who uh, looks after her health and takes care of her and makes sure she's got plenty to eat and so on. وَجَدَنِي فِي أَهْلِ غُنَيْمَةٍ بِشَقْ وَبِشِقْ فَجَعَلَنِي فِي أَهْلِ صَهِيلٍ وَعَطِيتٍ وَدَائِسٍ وَمُنَقٍ He found me among a people of few sheep, you know, just a few like shepherds with just very little, very poor, either poor or they were on one side of a valley, uh, or bishak or bishak, uh, they were in a state of poverty and hardship. Um, in any case, he found her with very little, and he gave her horses and camels and uh, grains and land and the grains that were separated the munak, and they were separated from the uh, separate. I don't know if you call it separating the wheat from the chaff, but you separate the grains like that. So the point is that he looked after her and he took care of her. Now, not everyone has horses and camels and grains and land and pasture and whatever to give to their wife or to allow their wife to live like that. But he obviously gave her the best of what he had. And that's probably the characteristic I would take from that part, that you give the wife, your wife the best of what you have available to give her. Go and control what you have. It's in the hands of Allah, but what you have, you give her the best of what you have. You look after the best way you can. فَعِنْدَهُ أَقُولُ فَلَا أُقَبَّحُ وَأَرْقُدُ فَأَتَصَبَّحُ وَأَشْرَبُ فَأَتَقَنَّحُ She said, when I speak, he doesn't find a fault with me. And that's from the beautiful characteristics that a man can have with his wife, that he doesn't find a lot of faults in her, that he lets her speak, and he doesn't take her to account for every, every little thing. He lets her talk, he doesn't, she says things, and he doesn't say, you know, he doesn't jump and say this and that and the other. So he lets her, he lets her speak and he lets her be free in that. And she goes to sleep and she wakes up. Either it means lets her sleep as long as she wants, or it means that she sleeps well. She has a good, she, he, she has a comfortable sleep because he looks after her. She's not worried. She's not scared about anything. She's not, you know, struggling to sleep at night out of worry. She's... She goes to sleep and wakes up happy. And she drinks to her heart's content, meaning he's generous, he shares with her, and he gives her plenty. She then goes on to mention the mother of Abu Zar, the, the son of Abu Zar, the daughter of Abu Zar. And we already mentioned these previously, uh, and they don't necessarily relate to uh, the characteristic of the husband uh, as much, except from the point of view as the husband as, as a son. The husband, as a son, he's good to his parents. The husband, as a father, he's raised his children well. Ummu Abi Zar, fama Ummu Abi Zar, So he looks after his mum. He gave her a nice house to live in. Her cupboards are full. Ibn Abi Zar, fama Ibn Abi Zar, madjiruhu kama salli shatba wa yushbiruhu dhiraa al That his bed is like the. Uh, 
either it means like the soft, it's soft. Either kamaselli uh, shatba, it means that it's like the soft, made like the soft palm, which is it's very like his bed is soft and comfortable, or like the unsheathed sword. And we mentioned it could indicate that he's suffice, he's he's happy with little. He's strong and he's uh, fit and healthy. So even just a small amount, that's what he's he's happy with. And it said also that al-Jafra, it means that because it's the leg or the the uh, form of the of the lamb, uh, that it means that he is getting really good quality food. You know, he's eating lamb, he's lying on a soft bed, or it means that he's strong and he's capable and he suffices himself with little. Bintu Abi Zar, Fama Bintu Abi Zar, Tauru Abiha, Watauru Ummiha, Wamil Ukisaiha, Wagaidu Jaratiha. That the daughter of Abu Zar, what's the daughter of Abu Zar? She's obedient to her father, obedient to her mother. She fills out her clothes, meaning that he's looked after, taken care of her, so she's healthy and well proportioned. And she is the jealousy of her Jara. Some of the scholars said it means a co wife. Some of them kept it general, they just said it's just that. The other women who look at her are jealous of her when they see how her father treat her. So in terms of the husband here, we don't want to dwell too much on this part of the hadith. But what we can say is that it does show that the husband is looking after his mom and dad, looking after his, uh, looking after his children and raising them up well. Likewise, the jariya, the servant girl, we're not going to dwell on that too much. جارية أبي زر فما جارية أبي زر لا تبث حديثنا تبثيثا ولا تنقث ميرتنا تنقيثا ولا تملأ بيتنا تعشيشا that she doesn't spread our news she doesn't go through our things or or, or doesn't uh, waste things and she doesn't leave our house full of rubbish and we've already spoken about that in the previous uh, one of the previous videos here she then talks about what happened after that, she then tells about what happened uh, with Abu Zar and how they came to be divorced. And it's amazing that she actually tells all of this positive, all of this positive news about Abu Zar, even though he divorced her and she was a divorcee. But it shows how well he treated her. He treated her so well, and this is really a, a really good uh, way of talking about the ideal husband that he treats his wife so well that even if he were to leave her she would only remember the good things that he did. And that's a, an amazing uh, quality for a person to have. So she talks about what happened. She said, قالت, So Abu Zar, went out in a time of the spring when the milk was churning. That's the time when uh, it was springtime and there was plenty of milk available. And he met a woman. And he was so impressed with this woman. This woman, she had two children with her, like leopards, who were playing under her vest with two pomegranates. It said that's a description of her body, how she was. A description of, of how she was. And he became attracted to her. He became attracted to her. So Umm Zara, she said, He divorced me and he married her instead. And that was something that he did that was that left her sad. 
but because of the good treatment that he, the way that he treated her during the marriage, she only remembers the good things. She then said, فَنَكَحْتُ بَعْدَهُ رَجُلًا سَرِيَّا رَكِبَ شَرِيَّا وَأَخَذَ خَطِّيَّا She said, I married after that a man who was noble. He rode a horse, or he was a master of, of, in riding horses. And he had a spear, and he was a great fighter, great warrior. He was a great warrior, he was a great horse rider, he was a noble man. وَأَرَاهَا عَلَيَّ نَعَمًا And he gave me all different kinds of blessings, all different kinds of goodness, different kinds of gifts. وَأَعْطَانِي مِنْ كُلِّ مِنْ كُلِّ رَائِحَةٍ زَوْجًا And he gave me a pair of everything, a bit of every, from every animal or everything, he just, he gave me a bit of everything. قَالَ كُلِي أُمَّ وَمِيرِي أَهْلِكَ فَلَوْ جَمَعْتُ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ أَعْطَانِي مَا بَلَغَ أَصْغَرَ آنِيَةِ أَبِي زَرَ She said, he said, Umm Zara, eat and give to your family. So he was really generous. He said, eat and give to your family. But she said, if I was to bring together everything he gave me, it wouldn't reach even the smallest of the vessels of Abu Zara. Like even though he gave her so much, but it just, he couldn't compare to how Abu Zar was. قالت عائشة قال لي رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كنت لك كأبي زر لأم زر عائشة said that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said to me I am like to you like Abu Zar it was to Um Zar Here I want to stop and just finish off this episode by looking at what we can learn from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and this is more important than what we learn from the rest of the hadith what we learn from the rest of the hadith is still is a story of the 11 women that Aisha told, and we can take it like benefits from it. But what we learn from the Prophet is the most important thing. And that's why most of the time when this hadith is narrated in the books of hadith, it's narrated in chapters that show how the Prophet behaved towards Aisha in this hadith. So number one, how the Prophet spent time with his family. How the Prophet listened to Aisha tell that long hadith a long hadith and he listened to her talk about tell what she wanted he didn't interrupt her he didn't say okay that's enough now you know just tell me the first one get to the point of the story he let her tell that long story and he listened to her and he listened to her carefully and he was kind and considerate from this is the scholars take from this is that a man should tell his wife that he loves her he should tell he should you know joke and play and be a bit relaxed at times with her and he should show her how important she is all of that we take from who from which of the 11 from none of the 11 we take it from the prophet وسلم, and how he behaved towards aisha when he said kuntu i'm like abu zar was to umzar i me to you is like abu zar to umzar and that really shows how caring the Prophet was, how he listened to Aisha, how he, how much he loved his wives and how he told Aisha that, how he was willing to, to, to talk about, you know, lighter things. I'm not going to say necessarily jokes as such, but lighter things. 
things that were, you know, not so serious. And also for a person to tell their wife how important she is. This is from some of the benefits we can take from this hadith as it relates to the ideal husband. And that's definitely all we have time for. And Allah Azza wa Jal knows best. Wassalatu wassalam ala Nabiya Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'i. Assalamu alaikum. If you're enjoying these videos and you'd like to keep up to date with all of the courses we're going to be running, make sure you head over to amauathome.com.